podcast thank you so much for joining and listening as we're taking this journey through the book of philippians i hope you guys enjoy it and god bless heavenly father lord we we thank you for this morning we thank you for this time that we have to meet together um, to spend time in your word Um, lord i just thank you for for all that you do in our lives and uh, all you're doing in this in this church and, and all these youth lord uh, I pray that you would just speak to us this morning, that your spirit would be poured out upon us, and that um, that your word would just penetrate to our hearts um, this morning, Lord. So we thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you guys are opened up, um, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 4, verses 2 through 7 this morning, um, but I want to tell a little story, and it's kind of embarrassing, So, but it's also not, it's kind of cool, but when I was in eighth grade, I think going into my freshman year, uh, I was dating this girl, and out of nowhere, she's just like, hey, I think we need to have a break, so I'm like, Super confused, super hurt, thinking like, all right, what did I do? What did I do? Like, what what did I do to make this happen? And so I was like hurt because I really liked this girl. We were dating for like six months, I think, or something like that. Okay. And and so here's the thing though, like in that hurt, in that confusion, um, God really spoke to me. Because what I did in that moment was I sat there and I turned on some worship music and I just started praying. And I said, God, right now, I don't know why this is happening, but I feel hurt by this. I feel sad by this. And right now, I just need you to to comfort me. I need you to be there for me. And, And I kid you not, just instantly, the Lord poured his peace over me. It's a, a peace that surpasses all, all just, um, you just can't explain it. You just can't explain the peace that comes over you. And that's the kind of peace that came over me. Um, so this morning in this passage that we're going to be going through, um, this passage is going to talk about how we can rejoice in the Lord even in difficult circumstances, even in difficult situations. Um, And so, with that in mind, let's read these verses. Starting in verse 2, it says this, I entreat, or I implore, Euodia, and I entreat, Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. So what these verses are saying real quick is there's these 
women who were in an argument. Paul doesn't say what the argument was about, but there was these people who are in an argument, and he says, I implore you guys to agree in the Lord. Agree to disagree, whatever. Like, Focus on the big picture here. You're both Christians. You both are, are wanting to serve the Lord, so leave behind these, these things that are keeping you apart from each other and apart from the Lord and agree in the Lord. And then also I entreat you guys, you, to help them agree in the Lord. So for us, that would be like your friends are in an argument, and so, so you, you're going there saying, hey, look, here's what the Lord has to say about this. So agree in the Lord and move on, right? All right, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, Paul again starts us off with, with the common theme that we've been seeing in the book of Philippians uh, of rejoicing. He says rejoice in, in everything, rejoice. So remember, Paul's in chains. Paul is in prison. He, he has all the reason in the world to not rejoice because he's locked up for speaking the truth of the gospel to people. Um, This isn't an optional thing. Paul doesn't say you can rejoice or you have the ability to rejoice. No, Paul says rejoice. He says just do it, as Nike says, right? Just do it, just rejoice. It doesn't matter what your circumstance is, or who you are, just do it, just rejoice. There's a quote by Spurgeon, if you go to the next slide, and it says this. It says, To rejoice in temporal comforts is dangerous. To rejoice in self is foolish. To rejoice in sin is fatal. But to rejoice in God is heavenly. We rejoice in God because we know He's in control. And He deserves all glory, all honor, and all praise. In our rejoicing, we make our reasonableness or gentleness be known. If you go back to the verses, um, that's verse 5. It says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. When we when we are rejoicing, we make our, our gentleness, our reasonableness known to everyone around us. This word reasonableness um, is, is how Jesus was described as he was talking to the woman caught in adultery. 
Do you guys remember that story? Um, go two slides over. I think we'll just read this whole thing because it's a great story. But here it is. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. In placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law of Moses, um, the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? They, this they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger in the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. And here's what he says. Here's his gentleness. Jesus stood up and said to the woman, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she said, No one, Lord. And Jesus says, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. Now this response by Jesus is super powerful. Jesus is the one who condemns people. The Pharisees, the scribes, they don't have any power to condemn others. We don't have any power, any authority to condemn others. Jesus is the ultimate judge. And what he shows this woman here is full of gentleness. It's full of of grace and mercy, all while being stern with her, right? He says, go and sin no more. He gives her something to do. He doesn't just say, I forgive you, go on living the same way that you were living before. But he says, no, I forgive you. You're not condemned, but change your ways. Repent. Go and sin no more. This is the type of attitude that we are to have with people because it's loving and it's Christ-like. If we see each other slipping up, if we see each other messing up, we don't just want to say, oh, I'm praying for you, Um, I'm going to show you forgiveness for hurting me, but we need to be true with each other, we need to be stern with each other and say, you're messing up, you need to repent. That's what brothers and sisters do, right? Being gentle and and being loving with each other, that's different. It's different. The world is not that way. The world is not gentle and loving, and people notice that. Go back to our verses in Philippians. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known 
to God. Living in the knowledge that God is at hand makes it all the more easy to rejoice in Him because we know that all the hurt and all the pain will pass away. Another little Spurgeon quote says, <laughs> you're getting your, your work in here. He says, we are in the wrong state of mind if we are not in a thankful state of mind. Therefore, do not be anxious about anything. God is in control. He's got you. Going back to my breakup story, without even realizing, I, I did these things. One, I, I prayed. Two, I went to him in supplication. Supplication means to directly ask something of God. So I asked God, Lord, I'm hurt, so I need you to comfort me. That's asking directly of God for something. And three, I rejoiced and thanked him for loving me and for being there for me and for answering my prayers. These are what Paul lays out. He says, he says, um, he says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. That's exactly what Paul lays out. Pray, ask of God, and rejoice. Like, be thankful. Even if God doesn't answer your prayer right then and there, we still have every reason to be thankful, to be rejoicing. In this world, in this life, there's going to be messed up things that happen to us. There's going to be things that hurt really, really bad, much worse than a breakup. This this life is going to bring many things that are just going to bring us to our knees in need of God. And I don't know if you guys are going through anything like that right now or if you have in the past, but if you haven't, if you're not going through a trial right now, you will eventually. And we need to know what to do when we're in that situation. When we're going through the thick of it, we need to know how to come to God. And God's not there to judge us. He's not there to shame us or I don't know. He's there to give us peace, to comfort us, to love us, and to carry us through the trials that we go through in this life. So this is the way that God wants us to talk to him. This is the way that we deal with our anxieties, with our stresses, with our hurts, our sorrows, our anything and everything. No prayer is too small for God. And God tells us um, to give all these things to him with thanksgiving and praise. God knows our every need, right? God knows our every prayer request, but He oftentimes waits for us to actually pray them before He gives them to us. Because God loves us, this is the main point 
for today. Because God loves us, He wants us to have a living prayer life. Have you ever seen someone who needs help, but you wait for them to ask for help? You don't just want to go over there and be like, hey, I can help you. Sometimes you do that, but other times we're like, I know they need help, but like I want them to ask me for help. I imagine this is kind of how God is with us. He sees what we're going through. He sees that we're struggling and barely managing to scrape by, but he's just waiting for us to call on him to help us. God wants you to talk to him. Our last Spurgeon quote, it's a challenging one. It says this. One more. It says this. If you believe in prayer at all, expect God to hear you. If you do not expect, you will not have. God will not hear unless God will not hear you unless you believe he will hear you. But if you believe he will, he will be as good as your faith. Oftentimes, we treat God like he's some impersonal higher being and we don't actually realize that he's a personal being who has chosen to make himself known to us through the person of Jesus. And he wants to pour into us. He wants to provide for us. He wants to be everything for us. So pray with a faith that God hears you and wants to answer your requests. And then finally, when you allow God to provide for your every need, a weight is lifted off your shoulders. And you receive what's in verse 7. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Before I came to Bible college, um, or before I went to Bible college, I was playing baseball at the J.C., and um, that was the most competitive team that I've ever been on. That team went and won state, and I, was, I had it all planned out. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to the JC, play there for a few years, and then I'm going to go to Abilene Christian University in Texas and play there, and um, I'm going to get my degree, and I had it all planned out. Well, then the idea of Bible college came up. And my best friend brought it up to me, and he's like, hey, pray about Bible college. So I'm like, fine, I'll pray about it. So I start praying about it, and more and more I feel like God's calling me to give up baseball and go to some little, tiny, unaccredited Bible college. And anyone in their right mind would not give up a possible scholarship to play baseball for some little tiny Bible college that nobody knows about, right? Nobody would do that. But that's what God does. I prayed about it and just, I asked for peace. I said, God, if this is what you want me to do, give me peace about giving up baseball. And this peace, this peace that surpasses all understanding, 
came over me, and I just knew, all right, this is what God's calling me to do. And that's what God does. Success in the world's eyes is not success in God's eyes. Hey. (laughs) And I can't even describe to you guys what this kind of peace is like because it surpasses all understanding. We're wrapping it up right here. The peace of God keeps us safe in Christ. No matter what comes our way, no matter the trial or difficulty we can face, we face it all with rejoicing and and peace, knowing that God will provide a way in and through it because God will answer us when we come to Him in prayer with thanksgiving and rejoicing on our lips. John 15 7 says this, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. So in conclusion, when you pray, don't feel like you can't ask God for things. He wants you to ask things of Him. It's not selfish to pray for yourself if you do it with the right heart. right? If you ask God, I want a new Lamborghini, that's not probably not according to his will. It's probably not according to what he wants for you. But when we ask according to his will, when we ask with rejoicing and thanksgiving on our lips and in our hearts, we're probably going to pray along in line with his will for our lives. So don't let yourself drown in your anxieties or your stresses When you start to feel overwhelmed with life, find a place to slow down and sit before the Lord and ask Him to fill you with His wondrous peace and comfort. He's faithful to answer. So always rejoice in the Lord and let your requests be made known to Him. Okay? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we we thank You. We thank You for this morning again, Lord. We thank You for Your Word. We thank you that you hear us and that you comfort us, that you give us your peace, Lord. I pray that whatever we're going through in this room, Lord, that you would just be right there in the midst of it with us, Lord. I pray that we would remember to come to you, that we would remember to talk to you, Lord. You our good, good God, and you want to hear from us. So Lord, remind us, remind us to come to you. Remind us to sit before you and ask you um, for things, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would just direct us, that you would lead us. Thank you for this morning. Praise you and thank you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.